Good evening and welcome to Matters of Life. I'm your host, John Lucier, and this evening I'd like to sit down and discuss with you a continuation, if you will, from the last episode when we, where we looked at choosing to do the Lord's will and what the Lord is looking for, a people who will put his will above our own. And that's a choice that we all have. And, and what does that look like in, in the lives of, as it, or as it applies to our life today? And I'll tell you, I was reminded of Abraham in the book of Isaiah 41, beginning in verse 8. It says this, But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its remotest parts and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are angered with you will be shamed and dishonored. Those who contend with you will be as nothing and will perish. You will seek those who quarrel with you, but you will not find them. Those who war with you will be as nothing and non-existent. For I am the Lord your God, who upholds your right hand, who says to you, Do not fear. I will help you. And as we we're as I was reading the scripture, then and now, there are two things that really stood out to me. And that was friendship, but also patience. You know, in our own lives, we can think back on on those we have called and do call friends. And we can examine the extent of those relationships and we can learn so much about relationships, but also about ourselves. And not all those that we have considered friend were truly our friends. And we can all agree on that. Anyone that's had any amount of real life experience and friendships can say there were people that we thought were our friends. But when there was crunch time, when it came down to, to facing hardships, were they there? Or... Was there a, I'll say an emptiness, a gap that needed to be filled? Someone that could have stood and supported us. Now we know the word says that the Lord is stick closer than a brother. He is our true friend. But then we also have to examine ourselves in the relationship, relationship like Abraham, who the Lord said was a friend. And ask ourselves, are we truly a friend of God? Not that the Lord is ever in a, in a bind or in a struggle. We are the ones that are. But in this, this book of Isaiah, here and in this chapter, the Lord is providing encouragement to Israel. He's reminding them of their past. He's reminding them of all these things that he has done and, and is giving his assurances and reassurances. I will help you. Don't look at what the situation is, or what. don't assess the situation incorrectly. I'll say it that way. Don't incorrectly assess the situation. Don't just hear the words that are being spoken about calamity, but trust in the Lord. 
And, and those relationships that we truly, where we knew the people were our friends, we could have patience just because they, they didn't arrive right in the moment when, I'll say this, the situation was happening. We knew we could count on them to come through in the end and to support us along the way that we were facing whatever the trial was in our lives. But it says a lot, if you will, about the Lord's perspective on friendship. It said that Abraham was a friend of God. And why? Because just like what he says in John 15 to his disciples, it says this, John 15, starting in verse 14, says, You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. And then he continues, says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name he may give to you. This is this I command you, that you love one another. And, and it was so it's so telling. It should be so revealing to us of what is required of a friendship with God. There are many that we have considered friends, but as a we said just a little bit ago, the Lord is that friend that sticks closer than a brother. He will never leave us nor forsake us, regardless of where we are in the situation. He inhabits the praises of the people, and he's right there in our midst. There is an, an aspect of patiently waiting. Now, we have to understand that because the patience is not just, I'll say incorrectly taking the, the verse that says, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. It's, and we said this in a previous podcast of the waiting in that or having the patience is two things. One, it is that we are eagerly looking, anticipating with expectancy, which then of course builds up hope. And there's the other aspect of in our, our patience being built up. It is also, as is said in Galatians, an extension or an aspect of love, which is important for us to, uh, and by aspect of love, it is a fruit of the Spirit and an extension of love, which is, well, first, actually, let's go to Corinthians. Let me get there. Corinthians 13. And forgive me one moment, I lost my place. And verse 4 Love is patient, as the very first characteristic of love. 
Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. And this is exactly, I mean, there is the scripture that says God is love. So this is how he is describing his relationship, his, his friendship, if you will, towards us. Again, these are also fruits of the Spirit, right? This is in Galatians 6, 5, excuse me, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And then it says, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And then we're encouraged, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. These fruits of the Spirit, love, exhibits the Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, His nature, character, and attributes. And it is exactly what we should be seeing in our lives. We claim to be a friend of God. Are these the things that we are exhibiting? Do we trust the Lord in what He's doing? There's a scripture that says He keeps the things that we commit to Him. Well, first we have to a commit our lives, but then let's let's examine that. And this is each person has to answer for themselves. You have committed, if you have committed your life to Christ, do you truly trust him with it? Do you trust that he can take better care of you than you can take care of yourself? Or have you placed your life in his hand, but then climbed down? And then what about all the other areas and aspects of your life? Have we committed our our relationships, our families, our children to him? What about our homes and our, our vehicles and all our businesses, our jobs? What about all those other areas and aspects of our life? Abraham was considered a friend of God because, as we were talking about doing his will, Abraham sought to do the Lord's will. He would not give up. Just like Jesus, that was his delight and his desire, his driving force. The Lord literally called him up out of Ur of Chaldea over into what is now known as Israel, the promised land. And he followed him to a land he did not know. And he allowed the Lord to bless him. And he also was a blessing to others. He interceded for many. He helped many, both kings and their kingdoms, their people. 
he was he exhibited the nature, character, and attributes of the Lord so much so that even the slaves that he did own, he considered friends. And they also, the slaves, considered Abraham a friend. And actually, he even looked at giving them, because he had no heir at the time, giving his fortune, if you will, to his servant. And of course, the Lord had another plan, but he allowed that. He believed the Lord in what he said. Do we have that same type of faith and relationship with the Lord? Or we allow him to speak into our lives? Not just through his word, his law, his commandments that are written in the Bible, but do we also have the relationship with him, with him that he can speak into our lives? And we listen and immediately obey. That is the type of relationship that Abraham had with the Lord. And that is the type of relationship that the Lord desires with all that are his. That is actually what it means for him to be your God and for us to be his people. That's what it looks like. Have we given him that freedom in our lives? Do we trust him enough to have that freedom? in our lives, knowing that he only intends good for us, that that is part of his plan and his purpose for us. Or have we not trusted him fully? Have we bought into what the world has said and ultimately become friends with the world? And I know these are hard questions, but they're, they're ones that we, we need to, I'll say, ask ourselves and examine ourselves and our relationship with the Lord. Do we have one or do we have one as what the Lord is asking, the type of relationship the Lord is asking us to have? Or have we compromised that relationship and become friends with the world? You know, in James 4, starting in verse 4, it says this. For those that are have a relationship with the Lord, it says, You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? Therefore, whoever wishes to, uh, wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us. You know, we, we spoke last week about the, the shootings, and especially the one in Virginia, that acknowledged knowing, I'll say at least about the Lord. He mentioned the Holy Spirit in his manifesto. And the difference was that, and what he, I'll say, stated and confessed to was that he did not listen to the Holy Spirit. He refused to listen. How is that friendship? 
And I, and I say that to, to challenge us and ourselves to go, is that the type of relationship that I have? In, in our natural relationships, we will speak into what we consider our friends' lives. And typically, if they're truly our friends, we'll listen, we'll weigh out, we'll contemplate what they say. Because if they're truly our friends, they're there to, to bless us and benefit us. And by that, I mean to, to help steer us in the right direction, to encourage us, to prompt us to do even the difficult thing in our lives. Right? No matter how difficult it, it may appear to us, they are there to encourage us and help lead us in the direction that we want to go. And that, that is by, I'll say, in the natural but then as it comes to our relationship with the Lord, we have to ask ourselves this, especially those that would call themselves Christians and believers. How can iron sharpen iron if both individuals are have do not have the type of relationship where they both seek the Lord to do His will above our own, where both parties are not, I'll say in agreement, but in agreement by immediately, clearly, and accurately hearing what the Lord says to go do it with the intention, the desire, the delight to do what the Lord is speaking to them. How can iron sharpen iron if that's not happening on all parties involved? It's something that we have to examine. Have we allowed that to dull us? How can two walk together unless they agree? And the standard that the Lord has set is that he's our God and we're his people. So he can speak into our lives and we are there to fulfill his will. absolutely matters and should matter to us. Not just for the relationships that we have, but our relationship with the Lord. Allow the Lord to have say in your life of who's a friend. First and foremost, God should be our God and we should be his people. But also in, in James, it talks about the adulteresses. In verse 4. And, and I've, I find that to be incredibly insightful for how the Lord views things. Right Back in Exodus 20, where the Lord gives Moses the Ten Commandments. It says very plainly, and that's in Exodus 20, verse 14. You shall not commit adultery. Adultery is, is having relationships outside of the covenant of marriage. Actually, Jesus even said that you should not even, it's not just about the action. He said, if you even look upon, in this case, a woman, is how Jesus phrased it, 
If you even look upon a woman with lust, you have already committed adultery in your heart. What we read in Isaiah, that exact thing is mentioning. He said, don't even look around. I'm your God. I will uphold you with it, my righteous right hand. We should not be looking for a plan B. We should not be looking for someone else or something else. Or, and I'll say it this way, to fill the Lord's place with someone or something else, another idol. The Lord mentions that constantly throughout the, throughout the scriptures about essentially adultery or harlotry, right? How, the, how his, his people had always gone away. They'd played the harlot. They had engaged in these relationships outside of what the covenant that he had instilled where he is God and we are his people. But he encourages his bride, his body, his church to wait patiently for him, expectantly. And in the meantime, we're preparing ourselves. We're eagerly anticipating his arrival. That's why he gave us his Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in all truth, wisdom, and knowledge. But we must do that. We must choose to do that. Knowing that the Lord is drawing near. This is what he tells us in James 5, 7 through 8. It says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the produce of the soil, being patient about it, until it gets the early and late rains. And then he encourages us, You too, be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. And just as the Lord's walking me through this, this is where I sense that we are at. He desires to encourage us. And in that encouragement, there's also, you could say, some discipline, some correction. And, and, and by that, I mean, it's the opportunity for us to come into alignment with the Lord, to understand what he means by a right relationship. Or as some scriptures say, he who orders his conversation aright. Those that are led by the Spirit, they are the children of God. Well, how, can, how can I allow the Lord to lead if I don't trust him? We should be able to trust the Lord. He's the only one that is faithful has proven himself, demonstrated himself, excuse me, faithful in everything. He does not and will not violate his word. He holds it above his very name. And yes, he's the only one that can do that because he is the living word. So let's not exchange that and that relationship for a relationship with the word, world, excuse me, 
for those that would attempt to, and we see this in those that claim to be our friends, but aren't actually our friends. They also see a lack of patience. And what I mean by that, those that say they're our friends, and but are not really, you'll notice that they tend to say or do whatever they think needs to be said or done in the moment to get what ultimately they want. Usually at a cost to the person. Whether that's short term or long term. But you'll see just like the prodigal son, all those that he considered friends, where were they when he was in the in with the pigs? How many of those that he partied with and engaged in riotous living were with him, talked with him? Who was still partying with him in the pigsty? But during the time where it was costing him, even though he didn't realize it fully or the extent, he'd considered them friends, no doubt. But there came a point where he had to face reality. And he learned who his friends really were. Those that had stuck with him, yes, since birth. And for us, it's, it's the one who formed us in the womb who knew us even before he formed us in the womb. Who chose us and loved us, loves, present tense, with an everlasting love. Who is always a friend to us. And again, I'll say, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So let us examine ourselves before him. Examine our relationship with him. And choose to actually be a friend to God. One that he, in his testimony, which is faithful and true, can be of us, that we are a friend to him. Let's engage in that type of relationship with our Lord and Savior. And he is coming. He is coming soon, and he is coming also as a deliverer, and to deliver us from the situation, to build us up, to strengthen us. So let us also, yes, with patience, but I mean, eagerly awaiting his coming with expectation and anticipation. Let's, let's engage in that, those actions, attitudes, and behaviors, that type of relationship, and actually be a friend to our God and see the change that he brings about in our lives, homes, communities, and ultimately this nation. Amen. Well, I just want to encourage you with that word for this evening. And thank you for listening and for being people that stands for righteousness and for justice. God bless you and have a wonderful evening.